Well, welcome to another edition of Bolton In, of course, for the Autumn Carnival, all thanks to Palmer Bed. And, uh, well, it's only the two of us this week. Shane Anderson, as I say, a very good afternoon to you. How are you, mate? Really well, Matty. Good to be with you. Of course, uh, we lose Adam this week. He's got his big day coming up with the wedding over in the United States. We certainly wish uh, him and his uh, lovely bride-to-be well. But, my goodness, we've got a lot to talk about. Hasn't it certainly been an action-packed uh, week of racing? Yeah, it's been unbelievable, Shane, to be honest. And uh, heading into a wonderful weekend this weekend too, uh, All-Star Mile, Golden Slipper, uh, it is going to be absolutely sensational. But Shane, let's go back and have a look back at last week's racing. And probably the big talking point was no doubt the really bad fall uh, involving Jamie Carr, Craig Williams. Of course, Craig Williams with a shoulder injury. Jamie Carr still, you know, under some mild sedation, is on the mend uh, by all accounts, which is fantastic. Yeah, thoughts with all those guys. But it was it was unbelievable scenes, wasn't it? Coming off the back of Ethan Brown the week before. Yeah, really tough time for the racing industry. And first of all, Matty, I just want to back up with what you're saying there. Best wishes to Jamie and Craig. It really was a very nasty uh, set of circumstances that saw the, the fall take place at Flemington. A few things to think about. First and foremost, there's been a lot of discussion back home about the tempo of races, the pace of races, and is that becoming a contributing factor when we see some significant uh, falls occur in big races? Um, and I think that's something that's been a discussion point for a long period of time, even back to the days when I was back uh, based in Australia covering racing for, for racing.com and RSN. I mean, tempo and races are always critical. Uh, quite often, you know, we see in Australian racing and similar patterns in other parts of the world where they might go fairly quick early. There's a mid-race backup of pace and then uh, they try and sprint home again. When you've got circumstances like that, things can often go wrong. But we know jockeys' lives are in their, their hands every time they get on the back of a horse and, and compete in a race. So it's it's a really tough set of circumstances. But it was also, I think, the other thing we've got to think about too is the the pressure that comes on in these big carnival events. Um, you know, and when you see, uh, I shouldn't say it, uh, and certainly with no negative connotations attached, but, you know, when you get the big-name jockeys involved in these falls, quite often it gets a lot more media coverage than, say, where an incident could, it could yeah. happen in a... In a lesser period of time yeah. but I think it's just a gentle reminder it's it's a dangerous sport um they need to take care every time they're they're competing in a race and it's a really really uh, tough situation but certainly stewards are on top of it they look at the impacts of interference and so on in races um, I'm not saying anyone was at fault with what occurred last week but the sport is a dangerous sport there will always be instances which can lead to falls I think we've just got to make sure that we've got safety procedures and everyone trying to do the best they can at all times when they're competing. Yeah, absolutely. It's a game of inches and centimetres, to be honest, isn't it? It's just uh, such a fine line. And, you know, on the flip side, you know, Jamie has a bad spill and Craig, of course. And then, you know, Dean Holland's sitting in the jockey's room. He's the only one that can ride at, uh, the, what was it, 51 kilos. Um, you know, like he gets the tap on the shoulder from James Cummings, never rode for them before, uh, and then goes out uh, half an hour later and, and rides a new market winner. That was just, it was just phenomenal, wasn't it? And, and racing just continually, Shane, brings up stories like this, doesn't it? Yeah, Great uh, chap, Dean Holland. Um, I remember, you know, interviewing him many times back in my time uh, at home in Australia. Like he, he's had a fair amount of success in his career. I know he's a great jockey, particularly in staying races where I think he's won a couple of Adelaide Cups or at least one Adelaide Cup. Yeah, surprised by Great talent. Yeah, and I think you touched on a really important point. Like, you know, he's able to step into the limelight at the last minute to to pick up a, a, the ride on in secret when Jamie's out injured. 
And he gave that mayor, that filly, I should say, every conceivable hope. And she's run away one of probably the most impressive new market winners we've seen in uh, in the modern day. She was outstanding. Great ride, great uh, training performance by James Cummings and all involved at Godolphin. Um, and hasn't she just gone through the roof? That really was an outstanding performance. And there were some really good runs behind too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a, a wonderful story. Um, you know, Dean Holland, uh, you know, just a battle. And I must admit, I was at the races uh, at Warnable during the week, Shane, and uh, Dean Yindel went up to ride Torajin in Sydney. And I said, geez, mate, you're stiff if you were sitting in that jockey's because he's another lightweight jockey that possibly might have got the, t- uh, the tap on the shoulder. And there was a bit of banter amongst the boys there too. But uh, yeah, just a great story and a really impressive win. And I think, do we put a line through in secret now at the 1,400 metres? Do you reckon that's it? Do you reckon just out now, 1200 meter horse yeah i think look i'd i'd be reluctant to say can't win a big race at 1400 meters and yeah. there's a race like the all-age stakes coming up in uh sydney at the end of the the, the yes. carnival um with the championships which would probably be a really good target um i think the tj smith is probably another target i think just at the end of the day she is an outstanding filly very, very good at 1,200 metres, very strong at the end of those races. She was great in the Golden Rose at 1,400 metres in the spring. I think they'd want to try it again. Um, but there's plenty of options for her, whether she stays in Australia and runs in these big races. They might even think about perhaps a, a trip over to Europe for, for um, Royal Ascot and maybe a Golden Jubilee. Yep. But with so many opportunities back home in Australia, I think the most likely scenario is she'll stay there. And I think based on what we saw on the weekend, she will always be one of the horses to beat. She was outstanding. Um, great performance. I wish I win. I thought was very good, closing fairly strongly. You know, I was pretty confident about him last week going into the new market, and I thought he ran really well. But this filly has produced one of the best rating winning performances in a new market Dominant. in a long time. And, yeah, she's she's exceptional. All credit to uh, all involved. It was, it was a great race to, to watch unfold. Now, listen, I have to put my hand up. Uh, I was a big, uh, and I mentioned it last week, but Espiona going the Melbourne way of racing, I thought, was the uh, was the go, and I thought that's the way they would uh, lean to, but they went for the Coolmore Classic, and what a decision it was. Uh, you know, this horse, you know, obviously burst onto the scenes, uh, you know, it looked like it was going to be the next Winks or Black Caviar there at one stage, Shane, and then just hit a bit of a rough patch, but gee whiz, bounced back the last couple of victories. Oh, uh, Matty, I was, I've got to say, very frustrated uh, with what happened last weekend because I was remembering our um, our work during the Spring Carnival together and I think I tipped Espiona on two or three occasions. Definitely. And uh, got off the ship. Uh, I, I just thought well, she's maybe, as you, you you sort of rightly pointed out, she was so good, so promising, so exciting in that early stages of her three-year-old career and then it didn't look like she was going to get to that level again. But Chris Waller is a master. Uh Mickey D, well done, what a ride. Unreal. Got the best out of her. Yeah, and she's well, a, a really, really good man. It was a, a very, very strong performance, but it was a pretty evenly matched field in that in that uh, group one for the Coolmore, but she was a good, worthy winner, I think. What about the last uh, couple of months for Mickey D? It's unbelievable, isn't it? Great talent. I love the fact he's just continually becoming more and more of a big occasion rider. I remember when he first moved over from New Zealand uh memory he was apprenticed to Mick Price and yeah I mean he had all the talent in the world it was just whether or not he was going to keep getting some opportunities to to showcase that and I think now you know he's achieved what 10 group one wins in a fairly short period of time those 10 group ones have only come in the last couple of years but there's going to be more and more that come his way because he rides so well he's got great tactical nous about him he can get down fairly light when it matters 
and all of the big stables are now really sort of rallying behind him and probably none bigger than than the Chris Waller camp when they they use him fairly regularly. So the sky's the limit for Mickey D. A great ride by Michael and uh, all credit to him. I think more will come his way over the, the weeks and uh, certainly months ahead. Now, listen, uh, the Palmer Bet followers uh, had a little bit of a fill-up too with yourself. Uh, V8, one you were keen on early in uh, proceedings. And Shane, I must admit, got out to a really good price. I think it nudged out to 480 at one stage. And the way that that horse won, uh, really big upside. Tony and Calvin McAvoy, uh, love the name too. Uh, it is uh, it is magnificent and uh, certainly a horse to follow moving forward. Yeah, look, it was one positive out of what was a, a challenging weekend last week. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he is potentially outstanding. Um, you know, as I sort of touched on uh, last week going into in our show, going into the size produce stakes, first up win was exceptional. Big space, big margin win. He's got a, um, a good size about him. He looks like a horse that's only going to continue to improve and get better with time. I love the acceleration he's showing at the end of the races. I love the look of him. I love the uh, the, the way that he races. He settles quite well for, uh, you know, a colt that's only had his two starts, but he's trained by the McAvoys who know how to win these big races. I can't wait to see what he develops into. And I think right now, I know we're a long way away and we're, we're sort of, you know, still learning more about the current crop of two-year-olds, but to my eye, he's the one that looks a standout chance to to win a Caulfield Guineas in the spring in, uh, you know, six or seven months' time. He's very good. Um, I think he's one of the most exciting horses racing in Australia at the moment based on what we've seen in two, uh, two race course appearances, but I look forward to following him with a... A lot of interest over the next uh, 18 months or so. Well, the early mail was spot on there, mate. That is for sure. Uh, let's have a look and turn our attention to the Group 1s and the features this weekend. Starting off with the Golden Slipper, all thanks to Palmerbet, of course. Uh, 4.45pm at Rosehill this Saturday. The Market Cylinder is our favourite at $3.60. Learning to Fly at $6. King's Gambit at $8.50. Don Corleone at $11. Red Resistance at $11. Little Bros, $13. Steel City at $15. And Shinzo at $17. Really interesting market, this one. Isn't it? It's uh, it's hard to kind of match it all up. The form lines for mine always a genuinely run race, Shane. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, Maddie. There's a lot that's jumping out to me on you know as we go into the Golden Slipper this year. First and foremost, I actually think we've got a very evenly matched, quite a strong group of two year olds. I mean, yep. we're seeing some really good pieces of form as we go through the season. But to my eye, I don't think there's a legitimate standout star two year old that says I'm the one. I think we've got a lot of very good horses. Uh, Cylinder looks exceptional for Godolphin. Um, and aren't they going good? They're flying. <laughs> I mean, and James uh, McDonald in the saddle for the favourite and the worthy favourite going into into the slipper, you know, off getting a, you know, a shortened um, suspension, which allows him to ride in the, in the big day on the weekend. And there's been a fair bit of chatter about that. But I think when you look at Cylinder, worthy favourite, drawn well, the thing that's sort of bothering me just a little bit being able to win the Silver Slipper only against five rivals, then comes out and wins the Todman only against four other rivals. Yeah. Going into a big field, high-pressure race at that price, I think he's as light as you want to be seeing cool. right now. Um, I think the filly uh, who's unbeaten um, in learning to fly, who's drawn alongside in barrier number four, I mean, she's now had three starts, three very, very impressive wins, and my old mate Chad Schofield riding her for Annabelle Nishan. She's going to be right in the thick of things. But there's two horses I think the market's perhaps got a little bit wrong. 
Uh, and my best bet going into the race is the Peter and Paul Snowden train Kim King's Gambit, which is currently at about eight dollars fifty with Palmer Bet. And I think King's Gambit is a really very uh, really strong each way chance. The reasons being brilliant winner on debut in the Debutant Stakes at Caulfield back in the spring. And what I've loved the most about his preparation through the autumn, or the early latter part of summer into the autumn carnival, he just looks like a horse that's been targeting a grand final. Uh, his performances have been very strong, but looking like he's not the fully furnished article. I think he's drawn well midfield. Mark Zara goes into the saddle. I really like the way um, he progressed through his last start in the Silver Slipper where he caught the eye. He's since trialled extremely well. So at $8.50 for a training combination, Peter and Paul Snowden, and know how to win a Golden Slipper, I'm happy to say King's Gambit is a really strong chance, and I'm putting down as my best each way. Yep. The value bet is the one who looked outstanding winning the Blue Diamond, and that's Little Bros. I think the market's forgotten about him a little bit. He's also drawn well. He's now up to $13. There's nothing wrong with his form. He was yeah. super strong late in the Blue Diamond. And and how, that- how, is, how, how do they have Don Corleone at $2 um, shorter? You know, if you know what I mean, like yeah. Little Bros won that race pretty convincing. I know Don Corleone probably got back and, and did run through and hit the line well, even Steel City. Uh, to be honest, like I uh, was pretty unlucky in that race, you know, and it's it's over the odds probably as well, you know, Shane and coming off a really nice victory. You've got to respect the Kieran Mar David Eustace team at the moment as well, don't you? Yeah, you do. I mean, that, that's the thing about this race, it, and, and it's a rare occurrence, I think, with the Golden Slipper. You could probably make very strong cases for 10 runners in the race that they've got legitimate winning chances. So my sort of view on it, and it's not a race I'm going to get heavily involved in, the favourite and the second favourite are both worthy market leaders and they look outstanding prospects. If you're going to back them, you're going to be right in the thick of things. I think you're going to get every conceivable hope for your bet. But I just think at the current prices, King's Gambit, $8.50 each way, just the way he's profiling to my eye, he's going to be spot on for the slipper. The Snowdens will have worked out all of his little quirks. And I think with Mark Zara in the saddle, really focused, he might be able to deliver a big result for us. But as I touched on, little bros, uh, Blue Diamond winner. Yep. It's tough for Colts uh, to win the Blue Diamond Golden Slipper double. Can be done, though. There's nothing wrong with his form. He was very good winning the Blue Diamond. He's super strong late in the piece. And he's drawn well to get every conceivable hope in the run. So it at $13, little bros, if you like uh, the Blue Diamond form, you can stick with him. And I think, again, you'll get a really strong run for your money. But King's Gambit's the one I'm the most keen on each way. Righto, let's turn our attention now to the All-Star Mile. It's at Mooney Valley, of course, on the weekend. The market, all thanks to Palmerbet Alligator Blood at $2.90. I'm Thunderstruck at 6 bucks. Mr. Brightside, $6. She's a belter at 13 Cascadian, 15 Laws of Indices at 16 Alenqua at $17. And the Inevitable at $23. The field has dropped away, Shane. There's been a lot of talk about that as well. Is it a market in three, do you think? Is it the top three Alligator Blood on Thunderstruck at Mr. Brightside? Is that the way you're leaning? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually tightening it up even more. Um, and I was pretty bullish last week going into the new market with uh, I Wish I Win. I'm pretty bullish going into the All-Star Mile with Alligator Blood. Yeah. And I think he is clearly the one to beat. Now, I know you and I, we've spoken about I'm Thunderstruck lots of times over, yeah. over our yeah. journey together. And his form looks like he's going to be cherry ripe for this third up into it. But I just think Alligator Blood ticks so many boxes. He's going to be able to go forward. We know he's an on-pace runner. He'll either lead or probably sit second up on the outside of the pace. So much to like about his brilliant first-up win in the Futurity Stakes. He controlled that race. It was run at a strong tempo. He kicked strongly when it mattered, put the race to bed in a matter of strides, and he was able to win with authority. So he's back in great form. 
He's got fantastic stats second up. He's got very good stats at 1,600 metres. His only previous run at Mooney Valley was in the Cox Plate. He was terrific running fifth there. He subsequently had a strong hit out at the Valley on Tuesday morning in special, you know, breakfast with the milers or whatever they called the day. Uh, Look, he is on song. I think Blake Shin was on his back, uh, rode him first up. He was on his back in the work on Tuesday. He feels the horse is spot on. He just ticks so many boxes. I'm really confident he's going to be in the right spot at the right time to really go for home around the turn, and it's going to take a mighty performance for anyone to run him down. So Alligator Blood at around that $2.90 quote, I'm very, very confident. I'm Thunderstruck, runs well virtually every start. I'm sure he'll run well again. But I've got Alligator Blood clearly the one to beat. The value bet for mine, though, Maddie, is Alan Kerr, the Mike Moroni-trained uh, import. Now, yes, I'm tipping another import to run well. You know, I'm an international nerd. <laughs> but there's a couple of things I just want to remind people about this horse. Uh, his overall form credentials are outstanding. It's some of the best sort of European group form coming into Australian racing, and we know that form traditionally stands up. Uh, he's good fresh. He's got a great fresh record. He's most importantly effective on good going. So the track, particularly if it races good or, you know, uh, maybe even a little bit quicker, is going to suit him to a T. He's had three jump outs and they've all been very strong leading up to this, what will be his first up run. So I think he's going to be very, very fit. He's won a race like the the Group 1 Tattersall's Gold Cup in Ireland. That was a race at the Mighty So You Think one. So it's a good form reference when we think about the type of race that could transition well to Australia. And I think he's going to be finishing the race off very, very strongly with for Jordan Childs. So he's at around $17. Quality-wise, he's going to be right in it. He's probably got another goal or two towards the latter part of the carnival. But at $17, I think he can back Alan Kerr really well uh, with confidence at the each way. But... Going back to my best for the race, I'm in the Alligator Blood Camp. I've swung solid. I'm getting right behind him. I think he's the one to beat. Yeah, beautifully done, mate. That is uh, going to be the all-star mile at the Valley. Let's go back up to Rose Hill. Rand, Rand Vet Stakes. Uh, of course, my hunger is our favourite at four bucks, all thanks to Palmer Bet. Gold Trip at 4.40. Hinged at 4.40. Dubai Honor at uh, $4.60. Montefilia at $7.50. Raise You at $17. Albotigan at $17. And Banker's Choice at $67. I must admit, Shane, uh, I'm really looking forward to this race. I reckon it is going to be an absolute belter. Yeah, it should be. Um, in your camp there, I'm, I'm looking forward to it for, for a lot of reasons. We get to see Dubai Honour for William Haggis uh, with Ryan Moore in the saddle, have his first run in Australia. William Haggis had a winner again <laughs> with a runner at uh, Randwick last week. So we know that the, the master uh, English trainer comes to Australia. His horses, when they arrive, they're fit, they're well, they run well. Um, so if you like Dubai Honour, you're getting about $4.60 you can bet with a bit of confidence there. But for me, the best in the race is Gold Trip. Um, loved his first up run in the Peter Young Stakes. Yeah, I'll I mean. I reckon this horse yeah. has really turned the corner. Yeah, I think $4.40 to me is probably still a little bit of value. Uh, I know he's on a, a pathway that's going to get him to the Tancred at uh, 2,400 metres um, most likely or, you know, even to the Queen Elizabeth. So he'll still derive a bit of benefit out of this run. But his first up run when narrowly defeated by Steinem was outstanding, back off the pace, finished so strongly and got very, very close on the line. The three weeks between runs look perfect to my eye. Um, he's yet to perform poorly in Australia, so we know he looks back in great form and his best form is going to put him right in the finish. So a $4.40 gold trip, the best bet for mine when it comes to the Ramvit. The value bet is El Bodegon, uh, now with the Waller Camp coming into this uh, third up. He was a horse that I was pretty confident about going into the Cox Plate last year and he ran well when finishing third. 
only real concern I've got for him is if the track is significantly firm. Clearly, his best form, his established form, in tracks we've given it. Um, so that's the one thing that's just bothering me a little bit. But his two runs this campaign have been good pass marks, I thought, behind Animo. He's now getting up to 2,000 metres, which will suit him the most. And I think the market perhaps got him a little bit inflated, principally off his, his second up run. At $17, I still think he represents a little bit value. So he's my value bet, El Bodegon. But, yeah, my best bet, I'm happy to be in the gold trip camp. I think he will win and uh, add another group one to his uh, roster uh, alongside the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I reckon this horse, uh, yeah, it's just uh, his last four or five runs have been absolutely magnificent, and uh, I reckon he's going to continue uh, that little juggernaut, that is for sure. Let's have a look at the Galaxy now, race nine at Rose Hill, 520, of course. Uh, Uncommon James is 5 bucks. Remark at $6.50. The Victorian Raider, as Fuhrer at $8. Eduardo, 9 bucks. Shades of Rosé at $9. In the Congo, 10 bucks. Maria Mia. At ten dollars, Cannonball at ten bucks, and Zoo Style it is at the ten dollar mark as well. Uh, always interesting races here. I must admit, I'm a massive Asfura fan from the Henry DeWy yard. I reckon this horse got plenty of upside, but I do reckon uh, with a little bit of sting out of the ground is its best go. Uh, I thought it was good first up, did enough. What's your thought, Shane? Yeah, really good chances for her. And the the thing about the Galaxy this year is, I mean, it's always a tough race to win. I think the fact we've got Eduardo in the race, um, you know, as top weight, he'll guarantee that the pace is going to be run at a, a pretty strong tempo, even though, he, you know, he's drawn out wide. I expect Nashua Willer to push forward with him and put him, you know, right in a good spot early in the, um, the, the stages of the race, and that'll probably ensure that we've got a breakneck run Galaxy. Now, historically, it's very, very tough for the Oakley Plate form to always transfer to the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, it's a rare double that can take place, but I actually think we might see a rare winner of the double this year with Uncommon James. And I've got him as the best in the race. Uh, his current price of $5 really appeals to me. His record overall is very, very good. He's only been beaten on two occasions. The form out of his Oakley Plate win at uh, Sandown um, has been boosted with right, Lofty yeah. Strike runner-up in that race, running superbly in the new market. He's drawn well barrier four. Damien Lane goes into the back of him for this occasion, and he just gets the perfect run on speed. So, you know, as I said, tough double to, to take, the Oakley Plate and the Galaxy, the big 1,100-metre handicap races that we have in Australia. But I think Uncommon James can be a rare winner of that double. So I've got him down as the best, and I'm with you. I think the value bet for mine is Asfura because at $8, I think she, to my view, probably should be second favourite in the race. So she's a little bit more inflated than what I thought. Again, she's coming through the Oakley Plate. Her run there was outstanding. Henry Dwyer worked her the Sydney way of going at Ballarat on Tuesday, and she looked in really good nick there. So she's on song. Um, so I'm happy to side with the Oakley Plate form. I've got Uncommon James as the best at $5, but certainly the value bet Asphora. I think she'll run enormously well for you and everyone else who wants to be with her at the $8 quote. Right, and let's have a look at the George Ryder Stakes now. Uh, race 7 at Rose Hill on Saturday. Animo's our favourite, all thanks to Palmer. Better $1.60. Artorias at $7. Bucks. Fangirl, $9.50. Golden Mile, $13. Penko at $18. Uh, Animo deserves to be favourite. Uh, just been absolutely brilliant this campaign. And last campaign. And the one before that. <laughs> and the one before that. I mean, pretty much all the way through his career, he's been outstanding. I think what's really interesting here. Um, Maddie, when we look at Animo and we look at Artorias, if you go back to when they first started their careers, you know, they're both the four-year-old stallions. 
they had there wasn't actually a great deal between them in those early clashes you know from the two-year-old season all the way up to they 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 clashed on a couple of occasions heading towards the the Caulfield Guineas was sort of the the fork in the road um uh, marker for for both of them and they both you know Animo winning the Caulfield Guineas Artorias running third and he was very good on that occasion Artorias was then kept on a sprinter's campaign while Animo pressed on to to be sort of a cox plate you know middle distance uh, star so if we go back to the early stages, there's very little between these on their actual ability. And I think the way that Artorias came back the other day in the Canterbury Stakes to win that when uh, Zach Burton was in the saddle suggests that he's back in great form. The trip to Europe last year hasn't dented him in any way. But clearly Animo's form is the best form in Australia. At $1.60 from the outside barrier, expect him with J-Mac to just sort of let him find his feet. He'll be produced at the top of the straight. And he'll sprint. He'll sprint hard, and he'll probably sprint over the top of his rival. So he's he's the one to beat. He's the best bet in the race to mine at a dollar sixty. But if I'm just going back to the early days, there wasn't a great deal between these two on form. So in that regard, Artorius at seven dollars with Mark Zara from the inside barrier, he looks a really good each way bet. So Animo, yes, best in the race. Artorius is showing me that he's a value price at seven dollars, and I think both. It's just going to be a great race between these two outstanding four-year-olds. Love it, mate. Now, listen, you found a uh, winner from the rest of the cards uh, with V8 saluting last week. What else have you got for the Palmer Bet followers, mate? Yeah, I'll, I'll be brutally honest, Matty. I've actually found it pretty tough. I think yeah. overall there's some really competitive races coming up this weekend, and I'll focus principally on Saturday. But there is one I'm really keen on at Rose Hill, and that is in race number three. It's uh, Thalassophile. Now, love the win last start over 1,600 metres at Ramwick in the Aspiration. She's a mare that has won at 2,000 metres previously in her career. So now getting up to 1,900 metres from a really good barrier. I think uh, the lesser file, tough one to call out. Good luck to the race callers. Um, if I think we're getting around that $4.50 mark. Now, $4.50, I'm probably one unit the win, three units to place each way model with her because I just cannot see her not running a place in this race, but I do think she can win it, and I'm really looking forward to seeing her. So she's the one I'm most keen on for the weekend. That's Rose Hill Race 3, Thalassophile. Right, mate. I'll tell you what, you're on fire last week. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, I've got a little share in a horse that resumes on Saturday in the Able Stakes. We did win this race last year in the boat. Race six, number two at the Valley. We're heading down, Shano. Um, 1,200 first up. Might be the only query, but loves, loves uh, Mooney Valley uh, and loves a dry track. And we're certainly going to get that on the weekend. So uh, that's the way I'm going, mate. And uh, I must say too, Shane, uh, gamble responsibly. That is the key message. But always remember, what are you actually really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. And as I say, do it in a responsible manner. Shane, you have a wonderful week, mate. Great days racing at Rose Hill and also Mooney Valley on the weekend. You too, Matty. Good luck. Good luck to everyone. What are you really gambling with? 